0: It's around the house. Right now, water through the foundation, if you've got a crack, there's two schools of thought. One of them, you'll see people go around with a little mini excavator, and they will dig up the entire perimeter of the foundation and put on a new brim membrane around the outside. Yes, that works. But if you've only got a couple spots that are leaking, there's a better solution that's uh, less expensive and of course, works a lot better. What you can do is that crack that's leaking, you go through, And uh, you patch the crack like we talked about earlier with the loosen it up and and put in the cement all. And then what you do is you inject in this urethane sealant. And this stuff is like warm honey. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there's a lot to know. But we've got you coming. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today on the radio show and podcast. If you're catching this on the radio, make sure you catch all, what, 1,500-plus episodes. We've only got about 1,000 up over there on the on the podcast player, but uh, we have a huge catalog. If you're looking for something, you can dive into it on any podcast player. Apple only has about 300 that they will show, but if you go over to aroundthehouseonline.com, you can get over into The Master, and there's about 1,000 episodes over there for you to go back and take a listen to. I'm sure there's a subject... That you're missing out on. Well, today, we're going to talk about foundations. That concrete and block or even rock or brick thing that's holding your house up off the ground. And this is probably, and I think I can safely say, one of the most expensive and scary things for a homeowner, even for some contractors that don't work with these things a lot. And uh, there's a lot of myths. There's a lot of fear. And it's something that I really wanted to dive into to kind of give you a comprehensive episode here of how to deal with it. So, in this first segment, I wanted to talk about the causes of foundation damage. You know, what would cause that crack? What will cause that leak? Those kind of things. First off, one of the biggest causes of water in the basement or crawl space is that gutter downspout that drops right next to the foundation. Yes, that should go... Uh, my rule is 10 feet away from the house. So if you have the gutters and the downspouts, if that's hitting the ground, you are causing damage to your foundation, that should go into a, uh, you know, into a pipe and go at least 10 feet away and of course, downhill away from the home. And that is going to be one of the leading causes of uh, foundation damage right there. And it could be really simple. Now, one thing that happened in the city of Portland here a number of years ago, where I live here, and I don't live in the city, but I'm adjacent. And a lot of cities did this. So in the city of Portland, they designed the sewer system and the storm drain system way back when to be the same. So in your 20s, 30s, 40s houses, the water coming off the roof went into the gutter, into the downspout, and into the sewer system. And then when you have rain, like we do in Portland, guess what? It goes into the sewer system and overloads it. So they went around and created a a tax incentive and some rebates for people to disconnect those from the sewer. And they did. And to get that rebate, usually you had to pour concrete down into those tubes and, and disconnect them. And uh, everything was good. And you would get the little stamp and they would, you would have that rebate. The problem is, is the city never allowed or forced them to do something different that just dropped onto the ground. So there are thousands of homes that have foundation damage directly from removing that from that system and dropping it right next door. And nobody knew any better. And I don't know, you know, we can debate if the city knew anything about it. But really, it was just a really poor idea. And now the homeowners, 40, 50, 60 years later, maybe 70 years later, guess what? They've got a problem. So there's the issue. Now, one of the things as well, standing water can cause a problem. If you're sitting there and you've got water that's pooled up against the foundation, that can be another problem, especially when you have freeze-thaw cycles. So the concrete gets moist, water soaks in, it is porous. It freezes, it blows out, it does it over and over again. What's another issue out there? Well, bad soil. If you have soft soil or clay soil, that can be a problem. Clay soil is an interesting one. If your house is built on clay, think of an old dried kitchen sponge. So Your house is sitting on that old dry kitchen sponge, and maybe in the summertime, you don't get any rain at all, and the house is sitting on that, and it was built on that. Well, as soon as you add water to that sponge, what happens? It expands, right? Clay does the same thing. And what can happen is that expansion contraction as the soil is wet and dry, that can actually move that foundation enough to crack it. So that can be a cause of that. Now, what's the way to do that? Make sure you keep that soil hydrated around the house all the time. Sometimes I've seen people prevent those cracks by just having a soaker holes. They hose around the exterior of the house. They keep it damp the clay doesn't move because it's staying in the same hydration. So that's another one. Bad concrete. I tell you what, there was a generation that I've seen out there where we made great concrete, and then there's ones where people took shortcuts. Maybe they put in too much unwashed river rock or or sand or gravel. I have seen it here where people try to use beet sand, and guess what? Too much salt in there, and then that stuff is falling apart. There are homes that I have gone into... And with a screwdriver, I have been able to dig very easily and quickly through the foundation to the outside of the home. I could sit there and chip away. It's that soft. It's almost like it's just caked up talcum powder and you can bust through it. That is another issue. Another one's lack of maintenance, just not taking care of things. You know, sometimes having a crack and that crack moves more and more and more, it makes a bigger hole, bigger hole, bigger hole. That's another one. So lack of maintenance is another reason this happens. And then here's another one that is really big that I want you to really think about. Outside forces. I have seen a lot of cracks in foundations from that big tree that's out the front, the side, or the back. You know, you've got the roots that are expanding, and they put a horizontal crack in the foundation. And once you do that, that, of course, is that structure is... Is uh, really messed up at that point because you know you've got something that is really uh, going to come apart on you if you're not careful, and so trees can be a massive problem with that. And that pressure will bow a foundation wall, and then por- at some point it breaks it. I've seen them where it almost pushes in. So these are things you got to be careful with. So the next one I've seen, and this is a huge problem, um, excess load. Cars may be driving along the side of it, you know, where you've got a driveway and um, uptight against the house. It wasn't designed for that. Uh, one of the biggest ones that I've seen, uh, people putting in the big water tanks to collect water from their gutter system. They want to reuse water. So they put a 2000 gallon tank there and they've got, you know, thousands of pounds sitting there up against the foundation. I have seen foundation damage where they actually broke the concrete from that load changing outside and it was pushing down. It started to break the wall in and uh, they had a problem all from trying to store water up against the house. So again, something to be very careful with. And the next one is seismic. I have seen seismic cracks. You get a big earthquake, you know, in California, all of us on the West coast, anywhere else that you've got earthquakes, that can be another one. And so that's a real key right there to deal with is to make sure that you've got that tied together. And you know, when it comes to foundations, That's where doing that seismic retrofit can be really a big deal. And that's where, you know, in homes prior to the 1970s in many areas, California, Florida, some of these places are a little bit different. But generally, homes built before the mid-70s only had maybe a couple framing nails into the concrete or a couple concrete nails holding it. They did not actually tie the house into the foundation. And that's one of the problems that I see out there. You'll see that house maybe in, in Kansas where it was pushed out in the middle of the road from the tornado. Yeah, that house wasn't tied down properly to the foundation. And so the wind loads were high enough that it moved the house and moved it over there. So what you do is you tie the floor joists to the sill, the sill to the concrete, and then any posts you tie to the floor joists and down. So there's a, a, a bunch of different brackets that have to go in to do that seismic earthquake retrofit. So that's a key right there, trying to make sure that you can get those all pulled together. That is going to be one of those things that really helps you out in uh, you know anything from a wind load or you know like tornadoes things like that to seismic that's a really big deal, but you don't want to just cheat and tie the if you have only tied the sill plate to the foundation and you don't have brackets holding the rest of that system together, all that framing needs to be bracketed together and tied down to the concrete and done correctly. So when in doubt, have that engineer look at it. All right, we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and repairs. What you can do just as soon as Around the House returns. WHA- wow. It's Eric G from Around the House Show. We'd really appreciate your help with some awesome five-star reviews on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you tune into your podcast. Big thanks, everyone, and a shout-out to our dedicated listeners of Around the House. To the around the house show, this is where we help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Hey, have you caught around the house television yet? You can catch that anywhere out there. If you've got uh, look for Fox 12 on an app. Uh, I'm on the Fox 12 plus station each Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time for a one hour around the house northwest. You can also go over to the Fox 12 YouTube page or if you want to be able to catch it just go over to uh aroundthehouseonline.com and we're going to have all the recent episodes over there for you to take a look at. Well, today we're talking about foundation issues and these are the repairs and damage. How do you navigate this as a homeowner? In this last segment we started talking about, you know, how to deal with really just the causes. What are the causes of this, you know? And it could be bad engineering, it could be damage, it could be a lot of different things. Well, one of the things that I hear the most of with homeowners, they go, oh my gosh, I have a bounda- bad foundation. I'm going to have to lift the house up. And unless you're trying to raise the house for flood or something like that, these days it's really not necessary anymore. That jacking the house up is is just something that's, that's not needed in almost every situation. And here's why, you know, um... When we talk about jacking that house up, unless you're trying to, it's, it's, you want to raise it up to make it higher in the neighborhood or you want to add space, usually it's cheaper to dig down to get more headroom downstairs than it is to jack it up. And one of the tricks that I do, and we'll talk a little bit about more about this, is if you've got a bad foundation, you can go in and do a new interior foundation. So what you do is you go around and put an interior foundation wall on the inside. Yeah, you're gonna lose about a foot of space in that basement all the way around it. But guess what? You don't have to jack the house up. It's something you can do while you live in it. And that's the, the thing there. You don't have to move out, move your stuff out while they lift the house up and deal with the chimney or whatever else you have to mess with. That's the key right there. So lifting the house up, that's kind of just the old school way of doing it unless you're trying to lift it for, for flood reasons or things like that. And so what you do is you go in and do a new footing and a new interior foundation wall, and then support it up the rest of the way, and uh, it's really simple to do, and at that same time, it's not a bad way. You can actually go down and lower that floor down to get yourself an eight-foot ceiling if you've only got a seven-foot. So, many times, it's not that much more to do that that way. So, something to think about. So, here's the thing. If you've got cracks in your foundation, so many people will say the first thing to do is call a foundation repair company, and I'll be honest, if you want to do that, knock yourself out. Is it the smartest thing to do? No. This is where you want to get a quote from a structural engineer and pay for them to come out and do a report. Yeah, you're going to spend hundreds of do- hundreds of dollars, or if it's big, it could be thousands of dollars, but you want them to come out, inspect that place, inspect that basement, and then write up a report that you're going to pay for that's going to give you the engineered resolution to your problems. That way you know that you're getting the right repair. And this is one of the things that I was working with a foundation company here years ago that I noticed. There are companies out there that work in the foundation repair business that are franchises. And there's nothing against franchises. The problem though that you can run into is that these foundation repair companies only have one or two solutions out of maybe 20. And so what happens is, is they come in, they they quote the closest thing, which could be not the right product. It could be way over what you need. And then you've got a problem that you're paying for something that you don't need, but that's all they have to offer. And then more importantly, what I don't like is when they come in and tell you that your house is going to fall down and uh, they're going to give you 20% off if you sign up today. And they basically twist your arm into signing up and signing a contract which to me is always a huge mistake. So get your, you know, get your expert over to do it. And then you can put out bids for the repair. That way you can have companies competing for what the structural engineer is doing. And make sure you pay that structural engineer to oversee the work as well. That way they can come by, sign off on it, take a look at it. And you've got a repair that is done correctly. And that engineer has their stamp on it. They know what they're talking about. You've got that licensed structural engineer, make sure you've got the right person. So, here's the thing you know, that's the first one use a structural engineer before getting quotes. And that new internal foundation is something to take a look at. If you have that crumbly wall or if you've got, you know, one of those things. Now, here's the thing when you're talking about a horizontal crack, that is that flat crack that goes left to right. And usually that accompanies a bow where the wall can be bowed out inches upon inches. Now, there is a, a product that you can use to repair that that goes really far. And again, this is where the structural engineer needs to be familiar with the products. But you can come in there with strips of carbon fiber and there's, you know, rhino carbon fiber makes it, Simpson Strong Time makes it. But you can do those strips of carbon fiber to tie those pieces back together. You're never going to push that in so it's flat. But that's where you can use those strips of carbon fiber to hold it together and keep it from moving anymore. And that is a engineered solution. So that carbon fiber is stronger than steel. And when you put the right carbon fiber in there with the right solution, that works out really well. So how does that look? If you've got that big horizontal crack, what would that repair process be so you can fully understand it? Usually what happens is they'll tell you to go down there, get all the stuff out of the way, and then they're going to go through and you're going to, they're going to go through and chip out that whole crack and get that all cleaned up and really dialed in. So there's no loose material in there. And then what they'll do is typically then they'll wet that area where the crack is and they'll mix up a product like Cemental or one of those products. And then they'll make that and trowel that in there and get that to fill that space. And so it spans across that. That is a high performance um, you know, very high-strength structural mortar that goes in there. Once that's in there, you're pretty good. Now you've got a wall that's going to set up and be solid. Then what they're going to do is they're going to either put on the carbon fiber strips, or if that's leaking, what they'll do is they'll drill some holes in that and inject in a urethane crack repair that we'll talk later about in the next segment. And then once that fills up, they'll put the structural Material across there, which is going to be your carbon fiber. Then, then after that, you can uh, either skim coat it or you can actually go across that and paint it uh, with a uh, you know foundation paint, and it looks pretty good. Now, some of the other things that you can do here is steel. I have used steel I beams where I've gone in, and uh, they didn't want to do the that they wanted to put steel in. I've dug down and put you know steel into footings down below, tied it into the foundation up above, and use that to hold on to and hold that in. So that way it's tied into the foundation, it's tied into the into the ground below, into a big concrete footing, and I've used steel that way. There's also steel systems out there that you can use that of course have a really cool, um, they're interior wall system that actually goes in and they actually go in there. And what happens with that interior wall system is they go in and build a structural steel wall on the inside of that foundation. And uh, you don't have to worry about tying those two together, but that's going to now hold up the house and push up against that wall to block it, so it doesn't push in any farther. So that's another one way to another way to go right there. And so there's lots of different ways to do this. The biggest mistake I see people doing too is I don't want them to come in and remove a whole concrete you know slab in there because that slab in the foundation is really what's holding out those walls so that needs to be pushing on there we come back i've got so much more to talk about with foundations just as soon as around the house returns The round the house show. Now, we've been talking foundations today. And this next one, I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, really water in the basement or crawl space. And I tell you what, I have seen the horrors of all of this. I have gone into a client's house and went, What's that gurgling noise? And I pull up a floor register vent and there's standing water in the duct system where their fan was trying to push it through and the humidity was just horrible. That house needed a lot of work just to get rescued. And so these are things you got to really worry about. Now, I had a crawl space one time. This was insanity. I had a couple stories here. Somebody, uh, this the homeowner was a truck driver, was out on the road a lot, and they had a galvanized drain system in this 1950s home. What had happened was, is the drain leaving the washer, you know, the washer and dryer system there in the laundry room that drain coming from the washer had rotted out and had been dropping that 50 gallons of water on their top load washing machine. Every time on the ground, inside the crawl space, nobody caught it. And I mean, nobody caught it. So the problem that you have here now with that is that you've got all of this water running on there. It had undermined the kitchen sink area because the kitchen sink was sitting there and this went in and basically let loose under the kitchen sink where it connected in there. So this went obviously for years. It broke the foundation under the kitchen sink. The refrigerator, that part of the house had sunk so badly that the washing machine was keeping the wall. It was literally the tension was holding the house up. When I got into the crawl space down there, I could see space Where the refrigerator was keeping the place from crushing in. So it was the you had to jack the house up to get the refrigerator out to level it. That's how bound up it was between the cabinets and the in the wall of the kitchen. So it was absolutely brutal. Well, I open up, it was a winter day. I open up the crawl space to go down and take a look, and steam comes out. And I'm like, oh, we have a problem. It was a sauna. That job there was going to be thirty forty thousand dollars to fix it because they needed to do a kitchen remodel in the middle of it because they had to come in there, you know, stop the water, get that cleaned up, get that jacked up and supported, then cut out the foundation, replace it, and um, it was there was nothing really to put there to even do a new interior foundation. So it was something where they were going to need to really tie in and, and do a full foundation repair. So that was just from a, a drain line that got ignored. And so that was really rough. But uh, in most cases, when you've got water in the basement, it's a couple of things. 60% of the time of my experience there, that is coming from the gutters and downspouts outside or outside water management that you've got something wrong out there. So that's the first thing. Now, if you have groundwater that you see coming up you know, let's, let's describe the inside of a basement. So you have the foundation wall that goes from the, you know, that's holding the dirt up in the outside, and then you have your concrete slab. If you have a water table issue where the water is high in that basement, now it's going to leak between the wall and the floor joint. Really, there's not much you can do on the outside to stop that. That is something that is below grade, where that is using hydrostatic pressure, it's pushing up, and it is finding the, the low point, and that's going to always put in there, push water in there. The best solution that I've found with that is to actually put a French drain system around the inside of that foundation wall. Now, the thing that I worry about with that is there's a couple systems out there that are franchises that I'm not a fan of. And I think they work okay, but I think there's better systems. There's a gutter system where they go around the exterior, and it lets water drain off the walls into this gutter system, and it collects it and goes into a sump pump. I'll be honest. I want to stop the water from going in. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you'll, you've will you heard this story before. So bear with me as I tell it real quick. But I had a house that had this gutter system installed and they called me out about three years later to come take a look at it. So I walk in this 1920s house basement. and The guy goes, I don't know what's going on. I keep getting dirt in there and it keeps burning up some pumps every couple of years. And so I look at it. I get my uh, little scope out Water had been leaking so badly under the foundation that it had undermined the entire foundation around the house. So there was about a 12-inch void under the whole foundation, and the surface tension between the foundation and the dirt on the side is what was holding the house up. So all the water had been pushing out through that crack and going into the gutter system. The gutter system was filling up with dirt. They were digging it out, cleaning it out, and then uh, it was getting in the sump pump, and that was burning up. So this guy had a big, big problem that uh, really they needed to pump in some grout underneath that and then probably put a new interior foundation on it. But that gutter system had completely failed, and so that's where I have a problem. The right way to do it to me is to go around and you put a trench around the entire floor of the basement. So what you do is you go around and, you know, dig out about a 9-inch, 12-inch trench, and you're going to have to cut the concrete around it, and you're going to put a grid system of serrated plastic pipe down there. So it's that drain pipe that's got the holes in it. So what you're going to do is, is dig that out. And then you're going to put that in and have that all slope back to that sump pump. So it's going to grab all that below grade water. And then what you're going to do is that sump pump's going to pump out and then go out into a system that gets it at least 10, 20 feet away from the house. So that water doesn't have a chance to go back down there. So you don't want to have a circular pump there. So that's really what this is, is to you want to dig that up and do it. That's kind of the foolproof way of doing it. You put it down, you have gravel, there's a plastic tube with a sock over it so you don't get dirt into it, more gravel, and then concrete back over the top. So many homes on the East Coast, they take a shortcut, is they uh, just leave the gravel. No, I want to see the concrete back over the top of that. That way, if I need to put floor drains in, I put floor drains in, but I don't want to leave that open. I want to seal that off right there. And if I have water coming through the foundation, that's another story. Now, water through the foundation, if you've got a crack, there's two schools of thought. One of them, you'll see people go around with a little mini excavator and they will dig up the entire perimeter of the foundation and put on a new brim- membrane around the outside. Yes, that works. But if you've only got a couple spots that are leaking, there's a better solution that's... Uh, Less expensive and, of course, works a lot better. What you can do is that crack that's leaking, you go through and uh, you patch the crack like we talked about earlier with the loosen it up and, and put in the cementol. And then what you do is you inject in this urethane sealant. And this stuff is like warm honey. Just imagine that. So you pump this in with like a grease gun or a compressor. And once this urethane hits moist dirt, it expands out like spray foam and it expands out and seals up all of those passages on the outside. And so that creates a waterproof barrier right there anytime that hits that. So when it hits that moist soil, boom, it's good. Now it seals it up and you've got a sealed up solution right there. And then of course you can watch any more leaks downstairs but that's really the solution for that. The only time it works really good to do the dig out and the membrane is if you have a concrete block or a CMU block foundation. Those things, if they're not filled, can be very troublesome because all those little openings inside those, those cells end up being something that um, collects water. And so you can have a leak in one corner of the basement and the water is going from cell to cell to cell and it's popping up 10, 20 feet away. So that's really when you need to go out and put in that outside membrane to do it. That's really the best way to do it. Because sometimes if you use the... um, The urethane, you're going to poke that, you're going to fix that hole there, but it'll pop up 10 feet away and you're just chasing a hundred holes. And sometimes it's just easier to go ahead and go out there and, and do that around the perimeter. But that's a drastic move. I mean, you got to dig down, you've got to do a lot of work. And that's one of those keys. Like anything though, you got to be really careful. I have seen people go in and start doing this that didn't know what they're doing. I have seen foundation walls collapse into a basement. When uh, somebody came in and removed the slab and didn't pay attention to what they're doing, and when they removed that slab, what happened is is they came in and they took that slab out. The problem was that that bottom slab is what keyed in the bottom and where the cracks are pushed in the section that was broken, and then you have a, a collapse and you've got a lot of dirt in the basement. That's never a thing you want to do. And so that's why many times the engineer, and that's why I go back to using the engineer, they'll tell you to do A-B sections where you're going to cut out a little bit of the slab and then what you'll do is go over and do it again on the on the B section. So you're putting in the the new. So you're you're only taking out about half of the slab at one time, and that'll keep from having a collapse in a basement with dirt like that. All right, when we come back, I've got some more solutions for you, including how to keep that air safe. Just as soon as Around the House returns. The Around the house show, this is where you help you get the most out of your home through information and education. Thanks for joining us today. We've been talking about foundations. What can you do about your house if you've got issues, or what are you doing to make sure you don't have issues? And we we're talking about really, um, you know, how to fix it, how to repair it, how to uh, what are the big causes of it. And uh, right now, we're going to dive into a little bit more about making sure that you've got that foundation in 110% so you don't have to worry about it. So one of the things about water in the basement as well is that you could have grading around the outside of your home that water is coming towards it and it's not pushing away from the house. So you really wanna have that slope that slopes away about three feet away from your house. And that doesn't always work that way. Maybe you've got a, a house that's close or anything else like that. So you really have to control water of where it's going. And you usually have water coming from two spots. You got it coming from the, the the rain, or it's coming up through the groundwater. And many times it's that gutter system or just a tight space that's ruining that. So things to do about drainage is just to make sure it's sloped correctly and nothing is aimed back towards the house. Now I've seen people uh, where they've got that tight house to the neighbors. I've seen people put waterproof membranes up there and collect that into a sump. I've seen them pump it out of that area. There's ways to do it, but you just want to make sure. And a lot of homes, and I've had this debate too when you're dealing with water, make sure that when those gutters go into the downspouts and downspouts you know, go onto the driveway or something like that, still you want to cut that concrete, put in the, the drain system there so you know where it's going and you can get it at least 10 feet away from the house. And those downspouts, make sure you're scoping those things every four or five years I got a guy coming here in a couple hours to do mine because my house has never been done that I know of. And we're going to send some cameras down there for a uh, coming up segment for around the house television. So you want to make sure and catch that. We're going to see what uh, my storm drains look like inside because uh, that way we can control the water better. So now one of the problems with basements and even crawl spaces are humidity. Now, one of the things, one of the grand debates of crawl spaces is do you put ventilation in? And ventilate it all and make sure you've got great vents and a good vapor barrier down there. That many times is a good situation, depending on what you've got going on. And this is really on a house-to-house basis where you need to have a professional take a look at it. There are ways, if you've got radon and things like that, that you might want to encapsulate that. And make sure that it's totally sealed up. But remember, when you seal up a crawl space... You've got to condition that air and have a dehumidifier in there. So if somebody comes down and seals up that thing totally, well, what I mean by that is they put plastic that is glued and taped all the way up against the foundation so there's no way, almost like that was a swimming pool liner down there and there's no way for water to get down there, you want to make sure and have a dehumidifier down there. Not like one of the little portable ones. You want to get something from, you know, Santa Fe or Brone or... April air, one of the main companies out there to do that. That way, you've got something that is conditioning that air down there to make sure that you don't have to worry about that, because that is going to be the key. If you just encapsulate it and walk away, you're going to have a massive problem with mold down the road, and you don't want to do that. And uh, here's another thing too: make sure when you're dealing with foundations that you have that uh, that radon test, because a radon test is really important. To make sure that you've got it and if you have seismic activity in your area you want to get that radon test done again because when cracks and fissures move around i have seen it where a house didn't have radon and then the, the ground moved a little bit and then it did so it's rare but it can happen so you want to make sure and do that and uh radon is something that uh long term can uh Really, be a source of cancer, and uh, nobody wants to die from that invisible air in your house. Uh, And that could be a big problem. So, make sure that you're having that testing done. But, really, conditioning that space in your crawl space or basement is good. And then, making sure that things are off the wall down there. If you have books, boxes, things like that up against that foundation wall that is not insulated or conditioned, um, you're just asking to get mold growth down there and make sure that you're monitoring that humidity. You never really want to see that humidity ever get above 60% down there. If it's above that, you are growing mold someplace. And then on top of that, make sure you get some mold testing done every few years. Test that air to make sure you don't have things going on. You can actually predict um, a lot of air... Issues that way by doing it that way. So, just something to think about. Testing that air, making sure you don't have a mold issue in the rest of the house and on that foundation, it's good. You know, do the foundation coatings work out there to stop water from coming in? Not really. They make those waterproof foundation coatings that you paint on the inside. They'll keep some moisture from coming in. Uh, But to be honest, that moisture is so much stronger than the bond of that paint to the concrete. So, if you've got a lot of it, it might slow a little bit of it down, but it's going to push right through. So you really need to make sure that you're building that situation down there the best you can. And uh, there's a lot of different thoughts on how to do it. And depending on your climate, I'm not going to give you the the be-all, end-all here because somebody in California is going to be doing it completely different than in Minnesota or vice versa. So those are things that you really need to be careful with. Now, if you're in California, I want to talk to you guys because it's mostly You know, mostly in California, it's slab on grade situations. There are some crawl spaces, there are some basements, but it's really rare compared to a lot of other places. Right now, California, of course, with your water issues, you have gotten so much rain and you've gotten to the situation where you didn't really have problems until now. But now that you're catching up on this rain, and it could be something that's happening over a number of years, you need to make sure you get it dialed in. If you have water in that basement, You've got 48 hours to get it cleaned up before you grow mold. You want to make sure and talk to your insurance company if you've got a flood in the basement from that. Now, here's a secret that I learned from a, if you're going to file a claim in your insurance company from a flooded basement. First off, never use the word flood unless you're trying to claim flood insurance. You had a water leak. You had a gutter overflow. Do not use the word flood when making a report unless it was water that was outside that was so high it entered your home. That would be a flood. You had a pipe break. You had a gutter system direct water into your basement. Those are all things that are not floods but could cause you issues before you file that claim. And like anything, um, especially California guys, make sure that you check your insurance before you file a claim, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was a buddy of mine, actually. And he had called and given his insurance company a heads up that he could have a claim. No, 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 no. Don't give anybody a heads up. That can give you more of a problem down the road. They are not your best buddy. So you do not do that. Deal with the issue. Report it. But he had a pipe break, which... um was unknown in his in his house that was his uh, his vacation home and uh, little beach cottage and a pipe broke and the neighbor caught it water out there and they turned the water off. Never do that because now they're gonna give you issues. They could tell you that you didn't get into it fast enough that you caused the mold because you didn't drop everything and go there the next day. Um, giving them a heads up is actually hurting your hurting your case. So. These are not your best friends, so be very careful there. If you have questions about foundation, stuff like that, hey, head over to AroundTheHouseOnline.com, and if you actually submit a video, and you'll see it over there with KPTV Fox 12 Around the House, you can submit a video question. If you have one, if you send that in over there, I will actually answer it on the show and tell you the right answer what to do with it. So if you've got a specific video, take a video of it, send it in, and I'll use it on an upcoming episode of the show if it's a good one, which means we can use it. Uh, it has to be fit for broadcast if you do that right there. And that's over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com or KPTV.com forward slash look for around the house show. We're just in the header there, and you can submit a video through that Burst program, and it works out really, really well. All right, coming up in our next segment, we are going to have a great time here. Little tease ahead. We're going to be talking with Jeff Tracy, JT the Cowboy Cook, We're going to be talking everything barbecue, beef, and I think he's even got a beef sale for us here where you can online direct from the Cattle Rancher and get beef and save some serious money over the grocery store. Anytime we can save money, guess what? That's going to be a good deal. And I think that code only runs for a couple months or a couple weeks into the month. It's not going to be a huge sale that's going on forever. So if you're watching this or listening to this after a few weeks after the show is aired, that sale is probably over. But um, that's a good way to save yourself some money. And anything with your foundation, if I was going to just give you two bits of advice out of all of this, one, if you've got a crack or a structural issue, consult that structural engineer. Let them go with that and get your quotes based off of that. And two, control that water, control that humidity, and make sure that you've got the right amount of moisture in that space. That way you can control it. And uh, if you don't want to do this as a DIY project, I have repaired my own foundation. If you're handy, you can do it. Just make sure that you're following the right advice. So no matter what, if you're going to do it as a DIY project, have the structural engineer take a look at it and then follow their recommendations. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening around the house. We'll see you next time.